Shan there playing the Zieg or part of the Zieg from Bach's Partita number two. And at the end of the program, you can hear him playing some of the Chacon, both of those from a wonderful recording on Canary Classics of Gilsham playing Bach, sonatas, and partitas for solo violin. This is the Aspen Music Festival and School Moments of Musical Inspiration podcast. I'm your host, James Inverne, and as you will have guessed by now, our interviewee today is one of the world's leading violinists. So, on with the podcast. I am thrilled and delighted to say that my guest today is Gil Sharm. Hello, Gil, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So nice to be with you. Wonderful to have you here. Now, if there's any name that is associated with Aspen, and in fact, there are many, but when one thinks of Aspen, yours is one of the first names that springs to mind. You seem to have been going pretty much every season for a long time. And you certainly seem to not only identify with the place, but you almost define each other in some ways. You know, I love Aspen. And my family loves Aspen. And we have so many beautiful memories from Aspen. And we try to go every summer. And that has been true since, you know, the time I was maybe even an infant. My parents used to go to the Physics Institute, which happened to be right next door to the music tent. And I guess it's possible that even as a very young child, my first exposure to um, classical symphonic music was in Aspen. How interesting. And that raises all sorts of interesting questions for another podcast another time about the relationship between science and music. <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> so we were speaking a little bit before, and this is going to be slightly unusual because you are taking a double or dual moment or moments of musical revelation that bookend your career so far. So why don't you tell us a bit about your first encounter with the Barber Violin Concerto? Well, yes, absolutely. That is a very vivid memory of being a student in Aspen and going to a performance. I believe it was Kyoko Takezawa playing the Barber Violin Concerto. And this is really a very special thing that happens at that music festival. You can hear the highest level performances by musicians at the top of their game you know, playing all sorts of repertoire. And I believe I was 13 years old. I was, you know, I'm torn between saying gobsmacked or blown away. I loved it. I remember hearing this concert and immediately thinking, I have to learn to play this piece. You know, it's such a beautiful piece. Actually, this is quite interesting because now, even now, it's one of those concertos that every time it is done, a bit like the corn gold, by the same token, everyone says it's a rarely done violin concerto. Back then, it must have been even rarer. Or is that not the case? Did it somehow fall out of the repertoire somewhere in between? No, I think that's exactly correct. You know, 
I think nowadays there's a possibility that the violin concertos even played more frequently than the adagio for strings. Back then, it was slightly unusual, you know, and I remember hearing it and loving it. I was very lucky a few years ago, I guess this is just a couple of years ago, to play the Roger Sessions violin concerto. And very fascinating because they are two great American masters of music who wrote violin concertos as it happens almost simultaneously. They both wrote the pieces in the 1930s. And I think the sessions is even rarer, right? They're very, very much so, yeah. Performances. And for me personally, it was the first time playing the piece. I must say I enjoyed it very much. And unfortunately, I've not had a chance to perform it since. But, you know, Aspen offers musicians opportunities and it offers students opportunities and it offers audiences opportunities that are really very special. So these are two concertos that are especially the sessions, but let's group the barber in this description as well, that are thought of very generally thought of as difficult. The barber isn't when you listen to it, but programmers would say these are not sure things. As you say, many famous violinists, including yourself, now play the barber, which helps. Uh, They need those sorts of advocates. But when you heard it as a tot in Aspen, it was a piece that was not regularly programmed. And because it wasn't easy to program at the box office, it would have been thought of as difficult. But what's fascinating to me is not only that the same place takes the risk of programming both of those American concertos, but that you came to both as a newcomer, because you told me earlier you hadn't heard the sessions before you played it, and you learned it especially for Aspen. So I want to ask you, first of all, as a very young concert goer, you say you were gobsmacked, a word I love, but... (laughs) Do you remember, I know it was a long time ago, but do you remember more precisely whether you sat there thinking this is difficult music or whether you just immediately got into the sound world? And then at the same time, I want to ask you with the sessions, whether playing it and trying to communicate it to an audience, almost none of whom, (laughs) apart from Alan Fletcher, the president of Aspen, who asked you to do it, no one else in that audience would ever have heard it before, whether as a communicator, you thought this is difficult. You know, with the barber, I remember the first note because the piece starts with this captivating cantabile. You know, there's this melody that the violin starts and then just spins and keeps going and keeps going really until the end of the first movement. It's, um, I can't imagine a more, you know, quote unquote, accessible work and with regard to sessions i do think alan fletcher also said something about this could very well be his most accessible work and there is something about that piece it's not that the beginning starts with the orchestra it takes a couple of bars before the violin comes in but i do think that there's something very arresting about it there's a very concerto grosso feel about this where the soloist shares the stage with various wind soloists 
I guess there's also violas and cellos, but mostly there is this drama unfolding on stage with various soloists taking parts in, you know, dialogues, etc. Okay, so for those who weren't privy on our conversation earlier, let me expound Inverne's great theory of the sessions by Lingagetta, which is that I just wonder whether the format of a violin concerto, any concerto actually, but violin concerto in this instance, is inherently dramatic, or you have to work if you really want to make it undramatic, because you have the single soloist either pitted against or working in contrast with the whole orchestra or sections of the orchestra, and it tends to be a three or four movement piece. And so it's almost like a three-act play where if theatre at some way has to be oppositional to work, this presents the composer and the soloist with a format that is inherently oppositional or at least full of contrasts. And so it is predisposed (laughs) to have that theatricality. And I wonder if that's something you feel that the barber and the sessions share. Well, I do. I mean, they're very different pieces in many ways. But you say exactly correctly you know a violin concerto is still different from a piano concerto in that the violin is a single voice instrument and it really is maybe something about the issues of the individual within a society the struggle of one against the many in the 1930s and i guess this was something that i've spent a few seasons now exploring we as violinists, we're very lucky because we had all these great composers writing concertos for us. It was really an incredible coincidental confluence of concertos. I remember reading the list to a friend, you know, and the list is really staggering. It's, it's Stravinsky, De La Bartok, Prokofiev, you know, Alban Berg, Arnold Schoenberg. Roger Sessions, William Walton, Benjamin Britten, you know, and I'm leaving out <laughs> many. Shimonovsky, Darius Miol, Ernst Bloch, you know, Hindemith. All of these composers wrote concertos for violin at the same time. <laughs> and it's fascinating because there's so much that's different about these pieces. There's so many different languages, serialist language to jazz language, this sort of classical romantic, post-romantic language, all these different textures and ideas and conceptions. And so people frequently ask, what is the connection between these pieces? And I never know the answer. I can only ask the questions. But there may have been something about that time that inspired composers to write this. And it really is somehow you know, in some ways, the violin is pitted against an orchestra, you know, the plight of the individual against the world. That's really fascinating because my next question was going to be, so what is the revelation? And I was going to suggest, which I now will, that the revelation was for you with these two joint instances, this double instance we're giving, the barber and the sessions, that the revelation was that although many of these concertos have been Many haven't, some haven't, but many of them have been forgotten or rarely played, or when they're played, it's a big deal, you know, that it's being played and then doesn't get done again for a long time. And so they tend to be thought of as difficult. Was the revelation that as long as you find the language of these concertos and the center of them, then 
whatever the form, and I suppose, you know, whatever the marketing speak around it or not, that they aren't difficult to understand or have that experience of. But now, fascinating, you suggested something else, which is to do with this cry of the individual in society. And the time in which these were written, of course, was a, a horrendous time. If you look at, you know, what was happening in the 30, 40 years around that with world wars and so on. And now, of course, we're in difficult times again. I mean, I, I'm not a musicologist, so I don't really know that that's the answer, but it certainly raises a lot of questions like that. And just now when you were saying that, I was reminded of another experience which I had in Aspen, which was a few years before we did the sessions with the Stravinsky Violin Concerto, which also belonged to the same time. And this was something to do with the conducting program in Aspen. You know, when David Zinman began his tenure there, he opened up a, a program for conductors that I think has helped many young and now not as young conductors in the beginning. And I was lucky to do the Stravinsky Concerto. And in the concert, we switched conductors for every movement. <laughs> so this was another very Aspen experience. The Stravinsky Violin Concerto was written in Paris in the beginning of the 1930s. And it really makes you think about the time. The piece is so joyous. The other one, Mio, the Concertino du Printemps, written in Paris in the 1930s, and yet it's very jazzy and upbeat. I, I don't know. I feel like music has a way of capturing a time. Well, that's fascinating. So that was the revelation for you about the capturing of a time and I suppose the world in that time as seen from these strong views of Barber and Sessions and Mio and Stravinsky and I'm sure others, but were those the revelations that you found taking part in those experiences at Aspen? I would say so, yes, absolutely. Fascinating. Well, that is, I suppose, what a festival is supposed to do and Aspen now, of course, under the musical leadership of Robert Spano, does it very well. It takes you out of your daily life. It takes you into this beautiful place. And you get to experience the strong worldviews of composers. And perhaps that gives you, I don't know if a filter is quite the right word, but gives you a slightly different view of the world or informs your view of the world. I love that. Just as you were saying that, I was thinking of that. I don't know if you've seen that photo of Aaron Copeland in the ski lift, you know, yes. on the chair. Yes, the, everyone should yeah. Google that if you haven't seen it. Something like that. <laughs> Wonderful. Gilsham, thank you so much. It's been fascinating and look forward to seeing you in Aspen again soon. Thank you so much, James.
This episode of Moments of Musical Revelation was produced in association with The Strad. Editing was by Tim Burton.